to Bunta Vista, episode 156. May I be the first to say happy 4th of July, America. It's number one in COVID-19 cases. It still feels great to be number one. Hmm. We're here in 1776, the signing of the Declaration of Independence. We've managed to charm our way into the room, despite the uh, three-slave minimum to enter, and despite my pea-sized woman's brain being incapable of complex thought. In one corner, there's Thomas Jefferson. He's taking a beating from the hugest man you've ever seen. He has frankly terrifying pectorals, a neck the size of your torso. He welcomes you. You're surprised to hear that his voice really does not match his face. Theo, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you going? I like to be made out to be like some sort of historical Trent Reznor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, oh. that is so true. Uh, on the other side of the room is a less girthy man, but he is at least <coughs> seven feet tall, as I understand it. He's waterboarding a very confused John Adams. He's holding up a photo of Bigfoot and asking, where have you seen this man? <laughs> ben, welcome. It is correct that I would refer to Bigfoot as a man. <laughs> <laughs> I respect his humanity above all else. Also, fuck John Adams. Fuck John Adams. He deserves everything that he gets. Uh, over in the back, of course, there's a very, very sneaky-looking man. He's holding a big quill. He's changing the words on a big scroll to say that men's unalienable rights are those of life, liberty, and the pursuit of big naturals. It's <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> I'm fixing this country. We're going back in time to fix this we're country. We're fixing it. That's what we're here for. Oh, we're going to finally acknowledge that Bigfoot deserves the same rights as every other man. Andrew is already working on the First Amendment, which is, do I, I understand it, uh, setting in law that it's totally normal to have an itchy asshole all the time. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very forward thinking to be there at the day that it's being written and signed to also be thinking of amendments for the future. Oh. You could just change it now before it's signed. Hmm. Well, I suppose right. you could. Seems like a lot of red tape. Wait, no, I think <laughs> I've just confused the Declaration of Independence with the Constitution. Oh, oh up. Hey, take uh, it out on take it out on Washington. Speaking of naturals, I uh, almost crashed my car today because I drove past a place that just had a sign out the front that said "handmade naturals." <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, "What the fuck would that mean?" Still don't know. Oh, we'll have to go back there and find out. We'll investigation. Certainly will. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, we're also here trying to change rules to make sure the tyranny is not inflicted on on the good people of the world. Because mm. right here we're, in the we're present still day, cool with, we're all still cool with slaves, though. Just it's not going to stop that, right? That's the one thing that no one in this room will bend on. Actually, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love having slaves, don't they? It's very weird. Mm. Just love it. A little too much. Yes, folks. Right here in 2020, we have our own dictators. Here in Australia. Don't we just? Chief among them, Dictator Dan. Comrade Chairman Dan Andrews. (laughs) Comrade Chairman Dictator Dan Andrews, the the commie son of a bitch. That's right. And when we're talking about him being a dictator, we're not talking about him running a police state. We're talking about him saying that you can't get on the beers at the pub, just to be clear. Yes, absolutely. Open the golf courses. Open the golf... I'm Sam Newman doing racism and <laughs> demanding that you open the golf courses. But, uh, yeah, so there's been a there's been a spike in coronavirus cases, a second wave, if you will, in Victoria. And I feel like for a while there, 
you know, Australia had been doing a very good job of collectively um, flattening the curve, if you will. Mm. And everybody was like, you know what? Good on us. Good on us. We're all so our smart. states, All our states and our territories, you know, mm. listening to the rules, doing the right thing. Should treat ourselves together. with a few nights out at the pub. A few parties yes. with our friends you know, at our houses. We treat ourselves with lots of nights at the pub, get the footy back on, all that sort of thing. It's been so long since I've coughed directly into someone else's face. <laughs> and you start to miss it after a while, you know? You know and for me, it's been so long since I've been able to open my mouth wide in yep. front of somebody and say, right in here, thanks. Cough <laughs> right into this bad boy. Don't be shy. Because that's freedom, you know? That's freedom. Freedom yeah. is having 25 of your best friends over to all take turns, open mouth kissing each other. <laughs> yeah. Teens are having those, cough parties. Uh, oh, one of those maths man. problems. If you've got 25 people at a party, how many coughs into other mouths do you need to do until you've coughed into every mouth? Oh, have you... That just... Sorry, this is very specific, but there was a fucking uh, Futurama episode about... I don't know. There was something where they had to swap people's brains around but couldn't do it back into the same body or whatever, and they ended up getting a, a paper published out of it for finding the <laughs> algorithm for determining the minimum number of swaps, which I assume would apply in this situation as well. All right. Uh, look that up. Good to hmm. know. Hmm. So, um, so yeah, we were all feeling really good about it. We were all patting each other on the back, but from, you know, doing the motion from one and a half meters away. Uh, and then there was this spike in Victoria, and all of a sudden, all of the other states were like, fuck Victoria, close the borders, Mad Max them, uh, take all of their petrol, take all of their gasoline, <laughs> hate these motherfuckers. And all of, the, all of the premiers of the different states were like, fuck Victorians, don't let them into our state. Fuck um, it, that uh, Queensland Labor put up the thing, uh, the poster being like, we're about to be swamped by Victorians. <laughs> like, oh, wow. I, You've managed to be racist against a state. Congratulations. I, I, saw, I saw one from South Australia, the last place, last state to be shit-talking other states, and it was just like the main graphic on the poster was the shape of Victoria with a big cross over it. Oh, no. <laughs> Didn't like the... the Premier or someone from South Australia was just like, why would you want to visit Victoria anyway? No, Dan Andrews said that about South Australia. He's like, why would you want to go to South Australia? I love that we have such a normal country. Every (laughs) Premier is a catty bitch. (laughs) Messy bitches that love drama. It's weird to see people collectively turning on Victoria because from where I'm sitting, the beautiful state of Queensland, (laughs) relatively benign place, Victoria. I think they're jealous haters, personally. Yeah, I agree. Seeing people in Sydney be like, yeah, Melbourne sucks. You're like, oh, come on, man. Come on. Have some fucking (laughs) self-respect. Everyone knows you're lying. Uh Well, and this is the thing. It has, for most people, immediately become a way to, um, you know, claim victory in the old Victoria versus Sydney, uh, Victoria versus New South Wales Mm. wars. Yeah. Which, number one, we all know that Victoria is better. But number two, nobody outside of those places cares. No. That's right. No one cares. Everybody has to listen to the two of them, like, bitching at each other, trying to make out, oh, oh, here's all the other reasons that Victoria is bad. Everybody's wearing black. Freaking <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, a latte. Much? <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, um, because we've had this big spike in cases, um, beloved... Beloved uh, chairman, <laughs> Chairman Dan, um, loved by all Labour voters and sweet neoliberals, has opted to um, turn public housing towers into the blocks from Judge Dredd. 
Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. actually the first thing that occurred to me when this started happening, which is probably a sign that I am not smart enough to engage in politics properly. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, here I am with you, you know? Here I am with you. So also this did start with um, locking Dredd. down certain suburbs, as I yes. understand it. Most of my friends are in lockdown suburbs again. We're like taking a step back, but um, then this happened. Yes, it started with them listing off a whole bunch of postcodes and saying, if you own one of these dirty postcodes, mm-hmm. you are in lockdown. Everybody else, you're doing great, sweetie. And all the rest of the state said, yeah, don't lump me in with those fucking disgusting infected postcodes. That's right. Uh, and everybody got like a little too into it all, all of a sudden. This is, this is the pattern with all of this is that like, I feel like there was there was this general vibe of solidarity and then the instant that one state has had like a big uptick, everybody's like, Oh, for sure. Fuck those it's like people. Some first year behavioral studies in group, out group psychology <laughs> stuff going yep. down. I love it. And then it's and then the second like a bit of a downer. Like I think people have at this point we have been doing lockdown shit and well coronavirus stuff for so long that we've kind of reached the end of our like just the empathy threshold. We've all been like, mm. yeah, we're all in this together. This sucks, but we're going to get through this. And we've just been like, fuck you, 3022 yeah. or whatever the postcodes <laughs> yeah. are. Go to hell. Well, we had to we had to go through all the whole kind of like, well, now coronavirus is going to have this massive uptick because of Black Lives Matter. And then, you know, it didn't happen. No, it and sure then they're didn't. like, yeah, well, imagine if it did. <laughs> <laughs> that would have proved you yeah. wrong if it anyway, had happened. Anyway, uh, you you uh, cruise ship, just unload wherever. No, no, we're not taking any <laughs> notes. Well, I mean, why would we? You guys are fine. Guys hey, are if fine. you can afford to get on a cruise ship. He haven't got fine. any recorded cases of coronavirus. Uh, s- several? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's not like they'll end up accounting for 10% of all coronavirus cases in the state or anything. Not at all. And now to look up where that boat landed. <laughs> so, um, Fuck you, Sydney. So, yeah, we, we drilled down from uh, you guys are now the stinky state to uh, look at all the gross postcodes to now we have drilled all the way down to 3,000 people in nine public housing towers in Flemington and North Melbourne who are all being placed into a, quote, hard lockdown. And that is not as sexy as it sounds. Uh, none of these people are allowed to leave their homes at all for at least five days so that they can all be tested. There's nothing like... Locking a whole bunch of uh, poor people in their house until you can test them all. Mm. Seems good. So a number of other suburbs in Melbourne are under stay-at-home orders. But uh, like the first time around, they're allowed to leave their house to shop and go to work and exercise. So they're kind of back at the stage that we were at in the early going where it was like kind of stay at home unless you actually need to go and do something. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess was also that stage like in New South Wales when the cops were just cruising around just harassing anybody who was outside of the house for any reason. Um, you know, like people sitting in their car in a car park looking out at the water kind of thing and they just come up and go, you're nicked. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from The Guardian. Uh, Melbourne's hard lockdown order, orders residents of nine public housing towers to stay home. Uh, the Victorian government's decision to lock down all nine towers was made because of, quote, patterns of movement, friendship groups, family groups, uh, the Premier said. Daniel Andrews also cited the crowded living in public housing and many communal spaces, meaning community transmission was high risk. I wonder, 
I assume then that they're applying it to, say, every other large apartment building in in the city? You would think so. That yeah. would make sense. Yeah. So, 500 cops per shift are going to be deployed into these nine public housing blocks. That is one cop for every six people. What Doesn't the fuck? that seem Christ. fucked? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can make sure that nobody leaves their apartments. And according to The Guardian, no warning was given before police arrived and began enforcing this lockdown. So again, this is from The Guardian. Uh, <clears throat> Andrew said that the state government would be arranging for food, healthcare, and other essential services to be delivered to the residents, but the details of how that will work have not been announced or discussed with the residents themselves. The housing minister, Richard Wynn, said people living in these public housing towers were, quote, some of the most vulnerable people in our community. Many of them are subjected to comorbidities and we want to ensure that we wrap around them all of the services they're going to need, not just over the five or uh, next five days or indeed potentially the next 14 days, but going forward that we will provide them with all the support they need to maintain their tenancy and obviously to maintain their wellness also. I love maintaining my wellness. Mm, wellness. Feels so good when I've managed to keep a tight grip on my wellness. <laughs> <laughs> Shackling my wellness to myself. <laughs> Um, but no social workers or other support workers were observed outside the tower blocks in Flemington on Saturday night. Only armed police officers wearing gloves and face masks. Very cool. Apparently, yeah, what this is coming out looking like is like armed cops on every floor of these apartment complexes. So that if anybody comes out of their apartment, they can go, Oi, you're not allowed to go anywhere. You can't go downstairs and walk around, stretch your legs. You can't take your small children out of your extremely small apartment, uh, get back in there. Why the fuck do they have to be armed? This, yeah, there's so many situations yeah. where it's like, what if you didn't take your gun out with you for this? Yeah. You like, know? What are they going to do? Fucking You're someone, shoot someone puts for a going toe outside? outside? Yeah, <laughs> just shooting at the foot they can see peeking outside the door. <laughs> back in there. Oh. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, gross. it's extremely depressing. And I would note, um, you know, as, as we've said back here, basically they just moved in on these apartment buildings and started locking them all down without giving anybody any notice or saying, hey, here's what's going to happen and how we're going to deal with things like feeding you. Meanwhile, on Daniel Andrews' um, Instagram account, he has a post um, showing a box, like a cardboard box with a bunch of stuff in it. And he says, uh, from this morning, we'll start delivering one of these activity boxes to every child in the nine restricted public housing towers. It's full of books and puzzles, crayons, Lego... Um, ideas for exercising at home, herb and flower seeds, and a special egg carton to grow them in. No one wants to be in this situation, especially kids with lots of energy, but we'll do whatever we can to make it a little bit easier. And someone in the comments was like, so you had time to make hundreds of these fucking boxes of coloring books and Lego and shit and get them all ready to go out this morning, but you didn't have time to tell any of these people. Do do you think... Do you think that was like so that, um, so that you know nobody could hear? We are going to lock you all into your apartments and then go somewhere else. Oh, I mean, for I th- sure, and like not let not give them the chance to leave before that happened. Certainly, mm. I, I'm looking at the photo of the box, <laughs> and something that's really fucking me up here is well, two pronged. First thing, what the fuck is a special egg card? By all accounts, it is a regular egg card. Just looking at it. But also the disparity in cost between like, Andrew, you're a parent. You know how much Lego costs. That shit is fucking expensive. They're making too much damn money. Hundreds of these. 
And then also just throwing in like an old egg carton they had lying around. (laughs) (laughs) Very funny. Maybe uh, don't blow all your money on Lego, fools. Mm. Idiot. On a stress ball, that'll help. (laughs) Fuck. Is that a fucking stress ball? It sure looks like it. You know, the classic like smiley face one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, The cheapest possible thing that you can... (laughs) That you can give out to anybody anywhere. And a mug saying, Poe body's nerfing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I also think that he's technically uh, using the Lego terms wrong. You know? Is he? Get his ass. Because he's supposed to say Lego bricks. Oh, is the plural? Like how Americans say fucking Legos? Ugh. <laughs> Yuck. I think you can say Lego plural, right? Yeah, Am I, I think Dan Andrews yeah. is actually 100%. fine here. Unfortunately, I think he's correct well, here. He, well, he hasn't done it in all capitals, which is the way you are supposed to present the brand. Oh, Jesus As I think we're going to have to get the good people at Lego to come down there with a pipe mm. and bust up his fucking legs. God, also, I wish he'd I think- hire a new social media person. I'm just <laughs> sick of this format so much. We're going to lock um, you guys down because we can, because it's but- the right thing to do. I'm no child expert either, but um, I think kids that have been, like, indoors with nothing to do and just, like, boiling with uh, child energy, Mm -hmm. what they really love to do is sit down quietly in front of a book. (laughs) (laughs) They love it. Plant some seeds. And, like, colour in the lights. (laughs) Well, as as wife of the show, my wife Eleanor said when we were reading this news this morning, she was like, this would be a fucking nightmare for us. And... We have our own house with like, uh, you know, bedrooms for each of us. Kind oh, of thing. Mr. Bedrooms over here. Yeah, Mr. Bedrooms. They're so small, such small bedrooms. Um, point being though that like, we we do not have a, a large house. It's like a an ex government house kind of thing. It's it's very much uh, shoebox shaped with three small bedrooms and a small living area. But even then, this would be a lot bigger than than the space people would have in these sorts of areas. And we were like, this would still be extremely hard for us to be told, all right, you have to stay inside with your kids indefinitely um, in this space. And instead, they're doing that to 3,000 people. I feel like what they should be giving out in these boxes is a PS4, PSVR, and the most violent game that you can get for VR. (laughs) Just be like, all right, here you go. Here's fucking Doom Eternal. Go fucking nuts, tidy five-year-old child. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. Get the wriggles out, you know. So, this is public housing. uh, So, the population in these units will tend to reflect higher percentages of vulnerable people. This is from The Guardian again. Residents living in the flats are among the most vulnerable and heavily policed people in the state of Victoria with a high population of new migrants, indigenous people, people experiencing severe mental illness and people who have experienced family violence or homelessness. So, um, and this is all happening while these cases are starting to spike again. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very hard not to look at this and think like... What am I trying to say? There's no great interpretation to be taken off of this. Not really. It's, it's very hard to look at it and not think that they are either trying to, like, paternalistically um, control people who they think are not going to have good enough English language skills to understand what they're actually supposed to be doing. Except, in a, you know, in a way that doesn't require you to, say, actually communicate with all of them. Um, it's hard not to feel like... You know, I've seen a lot of people pointing out how many how many very large apartment buildings there are, like within five hundred meters 
from some of these towers. Yeah, literally everywhere around there. Yeah, and and nobody's nobody's locking those down with the police. There's hotels, there's you know, all kinds of things where you're talking about the same situation. You're talking about shared entrances and exits, shared um, elevators, shared communal spaces and everything. But hmm, strangely, there's something that makes this situation different hmm. and requiring of intervention. What could it be? Hmm. Hmm. So, uh, cases are starting to spike again in Victoria. Uh, the Guardian continues, the extension of the lockdown to 12 postcodes from 10 was made on the back of Victoria recording 108 new cases of COVID-19 in 24 hours, the highest single-day increase in the state's figures since the national daily incidence peak on 28th of March. Those new cases include 23 people who live in the nine public housing towers, but Victoria's Deputy Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Annalise Van Diemen, said there were not hundreds of high-risk close contacts spread across the towers. If they were not locked down, she said it would risk an explosion of new cases among vulnerable people living in housing estates. Um, I also kind of think it's it's hard not to look at this as like, well, if there's going to be a big explosion of people getting coronavirus, let's contain it to here. Let's make sure that it's only these people getting it, you know? Mm. Oh, boy. Why don't you give us the conditions of the detention here, Ben? Sure. So, this is just a, a screenshot of the form that was posted by, oh no, I never should have even started trying to say his name knowing that I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. Do you reckon that's French? Luc-Henri Gomer, uh, the Guardian reporter, Luc, <laughs> Enrique Gomez, maybe? Let's hope so. We'll I find believe out. he won the, uh, won the Walkley for... Very good reporter. <laughs> Best, best new young reporter. Mm-hmm. Love his work. Never tried to say it out loud. I'm so sorry. Um, so the conditions of the detention are as thus. If you are not at the premises where you ordinarily reside, you must return there immediately. You must not leave the premises in which you ordinarily reside in any circumstances unless you have been granted permission to do so, either for the purposes of attending a medical facility to receive med- medical care or where it is reasonably necessary for your physical or mental health or on compassionate grounds, or there is an emergency situation. You must not permit any other person to enter your premises unless the person ordinarily resides there, or the person is authorized to be there for a specific purpose, for example, providing food or for medical reasons. Uh, Except for authorized people, the only other people allowed in your premises are people who are being detained with you. You are permitted to communicate with people who are not detained with you, either by phone or other electronic means. Are you permitted to use the phone? Uh, There's a note underneath that. Note, an authorized officer must facilitate any reasonable request for communication made by you in accordance with section 200 brackets 5 of the Act. And if you are under 18 years of age, your parent or guardian is permitted to stay with you, but only if they agree to submit to the same conditions of detention for the period that you are detained. Oh, so you have to get locked in too. That's a fun yes. choice, isn't it? Mm. Um, I would just like to note for a second, when we're talking about uh, 108 new cases in Victoria in 24 hours, I think that if you are American and listening to this, <laughs> yeah, it's this this sounds quaint. sounds quite quaint at this point because I was reading yesterday about um, the cases in Texas. So Texas added seven thousand five hundred and fifty five new cases on mm. July the third, and their statewide hospitalizations continued to rise Friday, hitting a record high for the fifth day in a row with seven thousand six hundred and fifty two Texans hospitalized. 
with coronavirus. Yeah, I read. I think there was like eleven thousand in Florida today. It's just so, um, unbelievable. So I think, I think that's one hundred eighty-three thousand five hundred thirty-two cases in Texas. And yeah, just uh, the people I talk to in America who like, you know, are living over there in Texas. Friend of the show, uh, Ryan. Ryan over in Texas is just oh, I like... I Ryan so much. Yeah, well, he's having a bad time Aww. right now. He's just like, it's insane. People just... Yeah. Everybody is just going about their business like it's totally normal. That's what I've seen. I wouldn't want to be on the mainland. No one's wearing masks. Everyone's just... It's like everyone just got sick of it. So, they're like, eh, fuck it. Let's just yeah. go back to normal. Yeah, it's, it's genuinely like they said, this is boring now. I feel like I'm going fucking crazy anytime I look at any of the reports about the US. Just like, I am not a medical health professional, obviously. I don't work in fucking public health or anything. I'm not in the government. I don't, I'm not, maybe there is shit that I am not privy to that the people making decisions over there have seen that makes any of this make sense. But like, if no efforts are being made to curtail this, what the fuck happens? Does are we just riding the lower 48 off entirely? That's it? Just America's just gone? Plague Pretty land? much. That's well, kind of where it seems to be going. Well, oh, um, can I can I read to you this um, headline from N- NBC News yesterday that I saw? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Go on. Uh, White House Ready's new message for the nation on coronavirus. We need to live with it. Or die with it, more likely. Yeah. So, um, this is from NBC. After several months of mixed messages on the coronavirus pandemic, the White House is settling on a new one. Learn to live with it. Administration officials are planning to intensify what they hope is a sharper and less conflicting message of the pandemic next week. Oh, God. Because they've, they've just been flying back and forth between, like, it's not a real thing. It doesn't really matter. Having to wear a mask is infringing on your cool freedoms. Uh-huh. Have, has anybody seen, like, the videos of, um, of, like... You know, Greg Abbott, the governor in Texas, saying like, no, the masks actually give you more freedom. Like the only way oh, that they can talk God. about oh stuff. God. Oh, that's quaint. That's adorable. The, yeah. And the, the only way that they can like phrase things is in terms of like. Less no, or more it's, freedom. It's not taking away your freedoms. It's giving you some extra freedoms to Just not die so an much. an American flag on it, you know, and it'll all be said. Yeah. He posted this that video on his like um, official twitter account and there were just hundreds of replies from texans being like fuck you thanks for giving in pal i will never give up my freedom and wear a mask and then all the people saying well that conflicts with my second amendment rights because i'm allowed to open carry my gun in texas but if i cover my face and wear a mask i can't open carry my gun so i'm going to not wear a mask and keep carrying my gun what a, wow. what a choice. Oh, no. oh, no. Any that video of the, um, it's a guy at like, I don't know, it's a town hall meeting or some shit, middle-aged guy just doing the most dramatic reading of why he shouldn't wear a mask. Just be oh, up I there, be like, those. I will not be muzzled like a dog. <laughs> You're just like, Jesus Christ, man, it's a fucking mask. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Mm. I mean, these people absolutely have a brain disease, but I think it's also important to like note that the reason that it's so bad over here is for things like people don't have sick leave. 
People don't have oh, healthcare. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Most people just have to go to work. And like, there's obviously these insane fringe people that just want their freedom or whatever. But for the most part, half of those people want their freedom because they can't earn money any other way. And we got like $1,200 once. You're, you're telling me that twelve. You're telling me that $1,200 check that some people eventually got isn't yeah, hiding everyone over forever? This is Apparently the thing not. that I'm struggling with is that I am trying to be more empathetic anytime I see these sorts of people going off because, like, it's, it's fucking cheesy as shit to say, but, like, they're not bad people, right? They're not people who are waking up in the morning and being like, I am going to spread a lethal disease so that right. I kill people. You know, this is these people are genuinely scared. They're fucking terrified of what's happening. The, the, the way that they see the world is from a bunch of really fucked news sources because they're not particularly media literate. Like, there are so many reasons why people have ended up at this viewpoint <clears throat> that you're just like... I, I get, I don't know, it's hard. I'm trying to mm. just keep in mind that they're not bad. It, they've just been put in a position where they genuinely believe they are being forced to do this stuff because of bullshit reasons. And I know it is a failure of government messaging uh, because it benefits right-wing media and right-wing government to sort of keep these people in the dark and mm. scared of everything and that that has led us to this point where people are literally fucking dying because of it. But then also you'll see a video of a woman at a supermarket throwing all her groceries on the floor because she wouldn't put on a mask and they weren't going to let her buy stuff. Right. And so your first reaction is to be like, ha ha, look at this dumb fuck. And then you're like, oh shit. Oh, you fuck, can still laugh at that lady, die. to be clear, while acknowledging the wider reasons that this country is the way that it is. It's tough. Yeah. It's, it's the powerful people that have made powerless people do this. But the unfortunate reality is because of the pandemic, all of this shit is going to spread because of what the powerless people are doing. Right. It fucking sucks so bad, man. The world is shit. And to be clear, well, I'm still very mad when I see someone without a mask in the, in the stores. Sure. Yeah. And they should be wearing one. And it's good when you see businesses that are just like, no, fuck you. You can't come in Get here unless you're here. wearing one. Mm-hmm. And I want to kind of go back to, to Ben's question of like, you know, what happens next, especially like in regards to America? And it's hard to know like internally what happens because there's so many different gears just gnashing at each other. But... I think externally it's it's worth like noting, you know, we've just pledged to shell out two hundred and seventy billion dollars yeah. extra in defense in Australia. Um and that for the reason given is is for the you know, a quote unquote dangerous post COVID nineteen world, right? And I'm I'm sure there's gonna be lots more kind of said on this in the in the coming weeks because it is a mind boggling num- amount of money. It's approximately twice as much as we started giving back uh, in in tax relief um, to rich people, um, or or because it's Australia, will we never talk about it again at all? That's well, abs- <laughs> absolutely. But it's hard not to read this, at least initially, as a post-American hegemony world, right? Well, like, did, did like, you see the the reason the government actually gave, like the the press release type reason for saying we need two hundred and seventy billion dollars worth of long range missiles? Yeah, was because to, of yeah, so you go. Yeah. Oh, it was it was it was to prepare to keep ourselves safe in a in a more dangerous, poorer world. 
Yes. Post-COVID-19. Uh, and, and they go on uh, that we need stronger deterrence capabilities uh, as the Indo-Pacific becomes the focus of the dominant global contest of our, of our age. So effectively, governments are already having a look at what they need to do as insurance uh, in a in a world where where you know America is not necessarily a dominant force, and look, I'm not going to say that that is that that's what's going to happen, or it's going to happen as dramatically as as you know as that. But insurance policies are, are starting to be taken out, and so the concept of like I, I think people are really looking at that at the at the idea that America may come out of this extremely poorly. Um, so. Well, it's it's hard to see what the alternative to that is at this point because, I mean, we can see already that there are, since since getting to this point of, well, this has kind of gone on for long enough, a whole bunch of us aren't being given any alternative and we have to go to work if we want to pay rent and stay alive and all that sort of thing. Um, and, and then you also have what I would imagine is the more of a minority of people who are saying, no, it's really important that I go to like Palm Springs for mm. spring bake or whatever. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's nightmarish to all of us to watch those videos of people like in New Orleans, like packed in in the street being like, hey, I've sat around and done nothing for weeks and now it's time to party. Oh my God. And it's so frustrating. Yeah. I mean, we're having like a second wave here and almost all of it can be traced to people having gatherings in their houses. Like people thinking that you can't go out to a bar, but thinking that you can have 30 of your friends over <laughs> at your house. And like arguably a bar is probably a better space in terms of like you generally have high ceilings and air conditioning which right. are better and you're spaced out better but people just have their family and friends over and they're hugging and kissing and kissing each other on the mouth i assume because they're mm -hmm. spreading covid and and yeah so that question does become what is next and from the rest of the world's point of view what is next is everybody continuing to flatten the curves in their own country to prop up their medical infrastructure to a point where they can look after people um, and then to slowly open up interstate and, and international travel and everyone's going to slowly do that and... Leave America all, out of it's, it. It's all just going to have a big cross over America on the map of places you can go to and places people can come here from. Right, and that's going to be there for a long time. It's, yeah, I don't think Americans I, are going to be traveling anywhere anytime soon. Well, they, can, they, they can set up like a kind of twinning arrangement with Brazil, just really like start to swap some tourists. Oh, man. Oh, oh, great Brazil. The Eva. famous come to Brazil campaign. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, uh, because I follow the UFC stuff, it's also interesting to see um, how like, like somebody just got pulled from a from headlining a card, a Brazilian guy, because he tested positive for COVID. And so it's this constant thing of them saying, yeah, yeah, we're totally putting all these measures in place to do everything really well. And then at intervals, it's just like, oh, this fight got pulled from this card because the person's entire corner tested positive for COVID. Um, so, you know, they're just trying to kind of push ahead with it. And even then, that's in that's in like an individual sport. That's not like how they keep trying to keep the AFL going. It's like, why? What if we just didn't have the football for a bit? You yeah. Know? What if we just didn't? But yeah, I I think I think a lot like from the outside looking in, 
it is definitely very easy to feel extremely worried about America at this point as, as like, I, I, th- I think that they've, they've shown that, you know, they've sufficiently gutted all, all programs that had any semblance of kind of a welfare state um, to a point where they are just not meeting the needs of people and they don't have the ability to meet the needs of people. They've made very clear that they won't actually be doing anything about that. I mean, those, those stimulus checks didn't even go out to everybody. Yeah, and people, there's, there's, those people that still don't have their unemployment checks as well. Most A lot yep. of people can't even access unemployment because it's unemployment insurance. So if you weren't employed at the time, you can't get it and all these ridiculous Jesus things. fuck. And I think, that the, I think that it's a real demonstration of, I guess, um, you know, where, where we're saying that um, there are people out there who are like, I'm not going to do this because of my freedoms, because, you know, that's that's the only way that they have left to express any kind of control over themselves or their lives or anything. But you can also see the complete inability or unwillingness of the government to respond in any effective way to this. I just think it's very representative of that kind of long breakdown of of even just the concept of, like civic society like just just the concept of hey there's some stuff that you're supposed to do because it's kind of good for everyone um right this is just such an evident like bearing everything wrong with america in terms of what what individualism can't accomplish like you can destroy your country by being like that and i don't see things going back to normal after this it is the natural final extension of um gun control laws being rejected because, well, you know, if if we have less guns around so that not so many people can do school shootings, then I probably won't have as many guns for me. And that's that's not going to fly. If we have universal health care, if we have single payer health care where anybody can just go and get health, that will require everyone to put money into the big bucket. And I might be paying for something for someone else instead of for myself. And fuck that. There's just all these, all these things where for a, a big chunk of the country, the entire political ideology has been turned into being asked to think about someone who isn't yourself is an abdication of your own rights. And it's not going great. It's the American fucking, experience. I, this thing that sticks in my mind a lot, thinking about this sort of stuff, is that <laughs> it's a very dumb thing to think about often because it's fucking the internet. But I, I got into an argument with this woman on Twitter once, as I do <laughs> nearly every day of my life, mm. uh, about, I think, I feel like, Theo, you were also tagged in that thread for some reason. Uh, it was a woman in the States talking about, you know, some market person being like, blah, socialized healthcare is tyranny, blah, blah, blah. And... I just sort of repeatedly was sarcastically being like, yeah, it fucking sucks when you can make sure other people are healthy and get to live, whatever, because I like annoying people for fun. Uh, no, I do, I'm a I do remember this, this conversation because I was like, yeah, it, it really sucks being able to just um, go to the doctor that's nearest to you uh, and then and get free. seen and <laughs> it's free and then you just walk out and she said, uh, you're lying. Like, <laughs> so oh, the- Oh, Barbara. (laughs) The thing that stuck with me about that was that she was like, well, you know, if someone in our community got sick or needed to go to hospital or whatever, we would, like, pull our income to look after them. 
Like, like that's like, what that's already, it is. We can already yeah, do yes. that. <laughs> it is enjoyable seeing people like slowly arrive at the same solutions. Which I mean, we were obviously smugly trying to point out to her, but I, I think the thing that stuck with me is that impulse is the same, right? This desire to help the people in your community to support each other where you can is still there. Like, it's just fucking this. The, right, like they'll still donate to charities and like children's yeah, hospitals it, and things like that because the yeah. children's hospital isn't funded by the government. I just don't yeah. think it's like, it's not personal selfishness. It's this, this way that like culture war has transmuted all of these things into like something that follows the natural instinct you would do normally, right? To help out the people around you by giving what you can expanding that to the whole country or your whole state or whatever suddenly becomes the most evil thing in the world. You know, it's slavery to make doctors work for public health care somehow or whatever. But <laughs> well, that, that that kernel, that idea of wanting to help people is still there. I just fucking, I think about this all the time, that these are just people that can't extend, not, not can't, but have just not extended that thought one right. step further. And it's so hard even to talk to people here that are like liberal, you know, that don't quite think that like, medicare for all would work and it's just so frustrating it's like talking to a brick wall about it it's like you can explain in every way that it'll cost less because you're paying taxes and you're not paying your insurance company and stuff and there's just like something innate that they don't want to like but then who's going to be paying for insurance <laughs> exactly the insurance companies will go broke and they've got families to feed right and they'll all just the be sitting assessors. on the corners uh, street corners like little urchins but the <laughs> counterpoint to this as well is the Assess your income, Governor. <laughs> <laughs> the, the polling for support for uh, like Medicare for All in America shows that it's way wider than anyone would think. It's that like, you know, what was uh, obviously I don't have the statistics at hand, but it was like a surprising chunk of Republican voters supported it as well. It's this mm. idea that what's elevated by actual people with political platforms is these talking points that are taken as a given that they represent the voter base, you know, that like yeah. it's just assumed that every single Republican voter is like, no, I don't want to get free hospital treatment or whatever. It's hard to keep that in mind because the way politics work is we let like one in every 25,000 people talk about it and we assume they represent the other right. 24,999 people. <sighs> It's exhausting. It sure is. It is. It's very depressing. Um, like like you said, there is obviously some very fundamental disconnect between. I guess, as as soon as you um, as soon as you take that money that everybody is pulling together and say the government is now providing insurance to you, then that's terrible. When you have the government just giving something to everybody, mm -hmm. and also if you are to receive that from the government then that's you saying, I'm sticking out my hand and letting letting the big milky tit of, of the government feed me. Right. And it's like all bad. these people that are like, I Whereas, don't want to get an unemployment check. I want to get back to work and die from COVID. Yeah, but that's like, the, the, again, the thing that is puzzling about that is it's like, yeah, that's great. And you should absolutely be able to do that. You have the freedom to do that if you want. and But you should also have the option to not die. When you can't immediately get back to work for reasons that are outside of your control. All right. Just the idea that healthcare is not a right, it's a luxury, is absolutely insane to me. Yeah. Like, I cannot deal with it. And it's just such a common attitude here that healthcare is not a right. It's something you work for. Whew. 
Oh, very puzzling. I just thought that it would be worth delving into that for a minute while we bemoan the 108 new cases in 24 hours in Victoria, which, you know, with within the context of the Australian news is uh, surprising and a, and a really big a really big new burst of cases, but it's not good in in the context of countries that are not doing well right now. Uh, not great. At least there should be a ventilator for you. Yay. Luxury. Uh, so the Andrews government just to wrap this up announced on Sunday that rent would be waived for two weeks and support payments would be made to residents. Uh, quote: Those who are un- who are employed and because of the hard lockdown cannot go to work will receive a $1,500 hardship payment. Uh, Andrew said, for those households where no one is in employment, they will receive a $750 hardship payment. It's cool how um, you need half as much money if you don't have a job. Yeah, I thought that was right. real fucking weird. Uh, yeah, that mm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's very strange. And uh, yeah, so this, this just came out just before we started recording. I think he gave a, a press conference, but... As of last night, the ABC had an article up where they'd spoken to a bunch of people who, by last night, had still not heard from anyone. They hadn't had any people tell them what the situation was. They hadn't had any food or anything dropped around. At that point, it had been like 18 hours or whatever since they'd been able to leave the building. There was another story in an ABC article about someone who asked if they were able to get food delivered. And uh, they asked one of the cops stationed in the thing, and the policeman was like, yep, as long as it's contactless. And then the delivery person rocked up and was not allowed inside the building and couldn't do the delivery. So, like, it's just been, like, imagine being those people. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's the big Judge Dread lockdown. Mm. Uh, Good stuff. Sucks a lot. <laughs> Everything sucks. sucks. a lot. Um, yeah, and uh, I would just like to make a note as well that, like, um, Daniel Andrews, I, I think, is considered by a lot of people to be, like, one of the, the good uh, labor leaders, you know, the good He's definitely good one state. of the better ones. We can say that, but... He is, he is one of the better ones, um, but... You can still acknowledge th- that he's terrible. <laughs> yes, I, th- I, think, I think it's just very important to stick to the idea that um, people, you know... Like doing doing reasonable stuff a bunch of the time does not get you a free pass to just do stuff like this without being questioned on it. Because yeah. if you look yeah. at the various social media accounts for Dan Andrews announcing this stuff, it's just comment after comment after comment of like Victorian Labor voter saying, thank you so much for doing the right thing and stepping in and making these tough decisions that don't impact me. And... Yeah, just all these people who are very willing to explain away why this is happening to these specific communities and not to the other very large um, apartment buildings and hotels within the same areas. People are like uh, just a little too keen to mm. give give Dan the big free pass on it. I even saw somebody saying like, oh, he wouldn't do anything bad. He, he loves making um, liberal people mad. And I was like, what are you what? talking Excuse about? Excuse me? <laughs> I was making the liberals mad. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what running a state is. Pissing <laughs> <laughs> off your enemies. <laughs> yep. Um, that's, that's all that we should be fixated on is, has this appropriately pissed off the liberals? It's like, mm-hmm. why, who even gives a fuck about that? Like, if some IPA chud is angry, you know you're doing the right thing. That's right. Bloody dictator Dan. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's... 
it is continually frustrating how how willing like a lot of quote unquote progressive voters are to just say, oh well, as long as you know it's keeping my side out in front, then it gets a, an enthusiastic cosign from me. Yeah. Big bunch of clowns. Clowns everywhere, mostly in Parliament. Mostly yeah. in Parliament, mm. but we have we have had a we have talked about the clowns in Victoria, but of course we must also talk about the clowns um, in their rival state of New South Wales, which we also all Ooh. hate. Mm. Um, the New South Wales Police, the police we all love to hate the most, are back in the news for a bit of a dose of. This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. <laughs> now, this is from the Daily Telegraph. And uh, you might read this headline and think to yourself, hey, this is a bit of a funny Benny Hill type situation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know that I oh. would, but sure. <laughs> it's a, okay, New it's a South Wales funny, drug squad detectives have homes raided by fellow police. <laughs> you know, so you might be thinking... You're picturing this sort of uh, people opening doors in hallways and then coming out of different doors uh, type situation. Yeah, yeah. It's all cops just going in and out and just uh-huh. catching each other and then going, wait a minute, you're also a police? And then someone's being chased by a woman in suspenders. Uh, yep. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, very sped up footage, you know. Turns out it's uh, not that funny. So, from the Daily Telegraph, state crime command drug squad detectives have had their homes raided as part of a misconduct investigation into allegations that they created a drug syndicate and manufactured drugs to entrap criminals. <gasps> Naughty. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. We Look, must stop the proliferation of drugs. But first, we must make proliferate drugs. drugs. Let me let me just let's let's take a quick uh, straw poll here. Anybody put your hand up if you are a cop hosting this show? Anybody? No? You wouldn't be able to see if I was. Yeah, it's I'm not I would I'm, be legally obligated to tell you if you asked me. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's entrapment, bro. <laughs> so no cops hosting the show. Um how many of us know that you're not legally allowed to manufacture and distribute large quantities of narcotics. I do know that, that. but I know that it's legal to do crimes when you're a cop, so... No, that's true. Mm. Uh, The Daily Telegraph understands that attempted prosecutions brought on by the New South Wales Drug Squad unraveled when police methodology was questioned. Oh, you hate it when they start questioning the methodology. That's the worst. The last time we were talking about uh, questioning police methodology was when the police were asked, hey, do you know if you're actually supposed to um, strip search a child mm. alone without uh, like a guardian or a lawyer present or anything? And they all said, mm-hmm. the way I'm picturing this going is that they are standing in a court and said, and we know they're guilty because they bought the drugs office that we made. And the judge just being like, mm, hmm. I'm sorry, can you, the can you repeat that one? Hmm. They they bought our drugs. Oh fuck. <laughs> fuck. Um New South Wales Police last night confirmed the launch of Strike Force Dominion. Come on. Oh, that's Come so on. Lame. Starcraft Come shit. On. Dominion. That is oh, man. fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine them like thinking that up in the shower, like 
with them just standing there in the shower with their sad-looking penis going, <laughs> we could call it Strike Force Dominion. So I can yourself up being like, I'm going to say it in the meeting yeah. tomorrow. I'm going to say it. I'm going <laughs> to present gonna my idea. Just before <laughs> I say it as well. Yes, this will be undertaken as part of um, Strike Force Dominion. <laughs> I think you need two pauses, actually. you got to say, undertaken as part of Strike Force Dominion. And then you like fuck fumble on your shitty Android to press play on a corn song <laughs> yep. right as you're about to say. <laughs> so uh so they're making a silly silly named um launch to investigate the conduct of senior drug squad police. Quote State Crime Command have referred a matter to the Professional Standards Command for further investigation, a New South Wales police spokesman said in a statement. Strike force dominion. <laughs> has been established by Professional Standards Command and remains an ongoing investigation. The Drug Squad conduct investigations into organised criminal networks involved in the supply, distribution and production of illegal drugs and weapons. The Daily Telegraph understands that instead of undercover operatives infiltrating a criminal network, the Drug Squad detectives face accusations of encouraging, in little scare quotes, criminal behaviour by setting up a drug syndicate and actually manufacturing the drugs. <laughs> At what stage do you think of just hanging out in a warehouse and cooking up a big vat of meth? All right, boys. So, <laughs> there's too many drugs on the street. Now, Only it's going to seem a bit weird to, to begin with, but stick with me. What if we made more drugs <laughs> ourselves? I've just pulled no up one, the like, wiki how the on how to make meth, and I think I have a have beautiful you seen, plan. Have you guys seen the margin on meth? <laughs> <laughs> People seem to love this stuff. We could hire so many cops to track down drugs. Love we, uh... LARPing as a drug manufacturer. <laughs> so much fun. Oh, man. Um, going so far as to manufacture drugs is understood to be unprecedented in police operations. Well, yeah. Unless you're the CIA. <laughs> I was going to say um, unprecedented in police operations, as in the ones they put on themselves. I don't know if it's unprecedented in terms of cops selling drugs. Mm. Mm. There are now serious questions about whether this operation was legal, even if it was authorized. Listen, I went to law school for one semester and I can tell you that I don't think that it was legal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sources said the methodology of the detectives can be described as similar to entrapment. (laughs) If I cut someone's head off with a sword, I believe I will be describing that as similar to murder. Mm-hmm. It's certainly an act that exhibits all of the typical markers of murder. Certainly. Yes. Yes. Right. This this is rife with the hallmarks of murder. Analogous to murder, certainly. <laughs> but what if you? But what if you're doing this to somehow track down the Highlanders? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you got to start somewhere. You know, it's like I want to see I want to see the quickening happening. Ideally. It'll happen to me. Um, do it somewhere like I. W- I would not want the quickening to happen like in my house. Sure, we all know what happens yeah. during the quickening. Uh, yep. All the windows on cars explode. Lightning starts coming out of your pipes. Yep, all your appliances all blow up. Sparks shooting out everywhere. I dare say every pane in the glass, every pane of glass in the house is going to shatter outwards. A lot of steam and everything. And then who's got to sweep all that up afterwards? You know. Ideally, you want the quickening to happen in an underground car park near some sort of stadium. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Um, 
Or I guess the other bad thing that can happen is that if you cut someone's head off in your home and the quickening doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> you would fucking hate to be the Highlander. Oh no, it was just a weird French guy. He wasn't mortal at all. <laughs> just just stand, standing there with my sword as the blood pools on the floor, well, looking at my watch. Sadly hitting the ground. <laughs> the one thing I didn't want to happen. Just... <laughs> Just looking at my watch and kind of looking around the room. They should call it the slowening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. What was the one thing I didn't want to happen? And some might describe that as having a few similarities to murder. New South Wales police would not comment about the use of entrapment in police investigations, saying police methodology was not something that could be publicly discussed. Oh, we'd hate that, wouldn't yeah. we? Oh. Yeah, you'd hate for it's them to be... It's going to be a be, secret. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna say anything about that, uh, just for the reasons that it would be super fucking incriminating for us. So. <laughs> yeah. It would make us sound very bad and not smart. So there's no reason for us to talk about it. Let's not get into who can or can't do what when they're being the police. That's for us to say. Police can have secrets; they're allowed to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't owe you anything. They don't owe you an explanation. Manufacturing drugs is self-care. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tea. One source said, you can't set it up and then say they are supplying drugs when you're the ones creating the drugs. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> Real chicken in the egg scenario here. Who's to say where the drugs God, really came from? I say obsessed. with my big wooden spoon and all that. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about just the, the actual police in this like room making these drugs. <laughs> Wearing a like kiss the chef apron. <laughs> Wearing their like breaking bad merchandise. <laughs> I guarantee their drugs are dog shit too. Oh, they'd be terrible, right? Oh boy. Well, I mean they've they've spent the last like 40 years convincing everybody in the world that meth is actually cooked in the world's worst-looking toilet. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so they just have to reproduce the, that process. Like hundreds of millions of dollars of Australian government money have gone into giving everyone the idea that ecstasy is like, the only way to get it is to pull a tablet out of a toilet that yeah, has a big The primary uh, ingredient is just diarrhea. <laughs> Wait, have you guys got another way to get it? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go to a pub, I just... Ooh. Hey, I just got to run to the bathroom. <laughs> Fishing around in there like in train spotting. Yeah, and I come back out. Uh, every time I go to the pub, first thing I do, run into the toilet. And then I come back out, uh, like, rolling my sleeves back down. I'm like, never mind. Just <laughs> checking. One day, I, you know, one, one day, day it's going to be my one lucky day. day. Hundreds of times the charm. Oh, boy. So, uh, shockingly... The conduct of these detectives is now the subject of internal police scrutiny. The, te- the detectives stand accused of bungling the sting. I hate, it <laughs> I hate when to I bungle, bungle the sting. The sting. <laughs> oh, that's the title of like a of like a mid nineties. Oh, it sure is. Mid nineties heist farce. Or it's when uh, Mike Patton does covers of police songs. Hey, that's good. I liked it. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Both a good joke and a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) The detectives stand accused of bungling the sting and overstepping the mark in their attempt to catch drug dealers to the point that they facilitated a crime. It's like that time that I was just sort of feeling out that whole the quickening thing and I overstepped the mark. Well, now we know. (laughs) 
Now we know for next time. Next, next time. So, you know, hopefully that's going to help with cleaning up the streets. Uh, and when it comes to cleaning up, nothing better than a hot shower. Fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> nothing better than a hot shower. That's right. Where we have been talking about, you know, being stuck inside during the coronavirus times. Uh, whether you are being forcefully detained in your apartment block by lots of uh, Victorian police or you are being um, forcefully contained in a drug manufacturing lab as you set up your own syndicate or you're having to work from home all the time, Mm. you know? Here's a story from The Guardian about a municipal councillor in northern Spain who has offered to resign after inadvertently broadcasting video of himself showering during an online council meeting that was being live-streamed. Excuse How did this happen? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me explain to you. Earlier this week, councillors in Dora La Vega gathered online to hash out some of the latest issues facing the municipality of some 52,000 people. That place sounds sexy. It does. Dora La Vega. Dora La Vega. Following the protocols put in place as the coronavirus tightened its grip on Spain. Pretty sexy. Yep. Half a dozen (laughs) councillors dialed into the video chat at 8 a.m. streaming it online for journalists and residents. As the meeting stretched past midday. Damn, it's a long meeting. Break it up, you know. Bernardo Bastillo, who works (laughs) part-time with the municipality, began to fret that he wouldn't have time to shower and shuttle his daughter to her commitments before heading to his other job. As a swim instructor. All right. First of all, this guy sounds so hot. He sounds so <laughs> sexy. <laughs> Bernardo Bastillo. Bernardo Bastillo. Torre la Vega. Who has to it, go off to his other job as a swim instructor. Come on. <laughs> very good. Oh, I must get into my speedo. <laughs> he came up with what seemed to him the perfect solution to multitask. Hauling the computer into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> And minimizing the chat screen. <laughs> I love this. So that he could listen in on the meeting as he shouts. It's very love, simple. If I, I can't see it, can't it see can't see me. <laughs> it's perfect. How does he think it works? <laughs> Truly <laughs> perfect. Bernardo, the wonderful himbo. <laughs> He's a himbo. He's an absolute himbo for sure. Unfortunately, it didn't extend to turning the computer away from himself. Just so that slowly it wasn't looking it, at him. Moving right? his hand downwards over its camera like he's trying to put a chicken to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but like a 2020 specific anxiety dream, as his colleagues considered plans to clean up a local river, an image of him showering appeared mm-hmm. on the bottom left of the screen, much of it blurred by a pane of frosted glass. Oh, he got one of those sexy showers. Yeah. <laughs> The sound of running water drowned out the constant ringing of his mobile phone as frantic colleagues tried to warn him that the camera was still rolling. Oh, Bernardo. Oh, oh, a wave of discomfort rippled across the video chat as he got out of the shower. (laughs) Say something to Bernie. Say something to him quickly, one colleague could be heard saying. Another asked, we can't disconnect him or something? (laughs) 
The mayor swiftly took control, bringing an end to the meeting. Why did it take till the end of the shower? You That's know a great why. mayor, though. You like, know why. What are the we civic responsibilities of a mayor? You know, looking after its citizens, making sure yeah. you don't show your nude ass to the world. Making an executive decision. Beautiful. That's a powerful mayor. My goodness. Ah. <sighs> uh, as video of the incident made the rounds online, Bastido took to social media saying he was at, quote, complete peace with what had transpired. <laughs> Love it. Ugh. Absolute king shit. <laughs> so what? You saw my balls. Who gives like, a fuck? Who cares? <laughs> he stressed that it had been an innocent accident, a failure of technological know-how rather than anything nefarious. He's far from the only cautionary tale on the perils of remote working. Last month, Irish MEP Luke Ming Flanagan beamed out images of himself without trousers on <laughs> to the European Parliament's official live broadcast after positioning his iPad in portrait rather than landscape <laughs> mode after hastily throwing on a shirt after a run. Oh. That's so good. That is so good. Donald Duck in it at the European <laughs> Parliament. It's definitely the most perverted way to be nude. That's it for is. sure. It really Surely is. disgusting. It really is. It's um I think it's uh like like a you know, like a a, a shirt or a or a sweater or something and nothing can be quite sexy on a lady. On a man? Absolute perversion. <laughs> no. <laughs> we need to pooing it. Picture, picture, if you will, an adult man, t-shirt, socks, nothing else. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. This is unpleasant to me. It's it's bad, isn't it? I would say the socks are worse. If you were just like uh, a shirt and no bottoms, pretty bad. A shirt, but socks, awful. It's just the fucking worst. I I have to admit, I wear socks 24-7 year round, uh, including (laughs) all. I feel like... If I saw you walking around the house just in socks and nothing else, I would divorce you. (laughs) (laughs) If I was Caitlin. Uh, We're not married currently. And she is a saint, obviously. (laughs) Bustillo chalked the incident up to the pandemic-era struggle of balancing remote work with parenting. Anecdotes of this kind have become commonplace in recent weeks thanks to the boom in teleworking, he said, apologizing to anyone who might have been upset by the images. Mm. He added that his experience as a swim instructor, swim instructor had left him comfortable with his body. I've spent half of my life half naked and I've never been ashamed of nudity, whether my own or that of others, he said. Very European, yeah. very cool, but so also European. that's not the half of you that's normally naked. So sexy. <laughs> I cannot help but regret that the end of my political life has to do with my nakedness, which isn't a big deal. He planned this all along. <laughs> He was like, how the fuck do I get out of this council thing? I'm sick of it. I really want to retire, but I also want everyone to know that I am packing a giant hog. How do I combine the two? That's right. Wonderful stuff. You've got to respect it. It's very vivid. I feel like I'm reading a romance novel just hearing about it. <laughs> and uh, I'm in love with him. Well, like, there, I, I absolutely think... That that is basically the best way you could possibly handle having done that is to go. Oh, everybody's dick is out sometimes. Sorry, you have everyone. To be like, Whatever. <laughs> you know, like uh, you can't. All right, you can't be embarrassed. You can't. You, you can't be embarrassed, and I, and I don't think that you can. Um, I don't think you can do like a like a celebrity notes app, um, groveling apology about all the people you've hurt kind of thing. I just think right. you you got to do that one. you got to be like, yes, nudity, part of life. We're in Europe. 
Everybody in Spain. I'm European. <laughs> European, this, this is normal. No one would have even noticed. Time to take off some of my clothes and go to my other job. You know? Shout out to you, Bernardo. Uh, an unfortunate end to your political career. But um, let's hope he gets a revival at some point, you mm-hmm. know? I think that's it for this week, everybody. Thank you for stopping by and listening. Um, we're going to keep like wedging and nooging all of the guys here at the <laughs> Declaration of Independence signing. That's right. We're going to beat them down one by one and things are going to be different. So you wake up tomorrow, it's going to be a different world. Yep. Um, Theo's holding out the quill over the head of George Washington and saying, hey, why don't you grab this and sign it? Oh, too slow. <laughs> <laughs> too slow. Um, and yeah, let's also have a, a nice thank you to all of our new subscribers for our oh, bonus episode. So many, I'm there's so many. Lots of them. It's very, very nice for everybody showing support. Uh, we have we have put the the bonus episodes back behind the paywall. So if you are missing having two episodes in your feed every week, then please hop on over to Patreon.com/slash Bunta Vista. And you can um, get yourself all hooked up. And if you're not missing having uh, two episodes in your feed every week, you are welcome. Yeah. Mm. You're welcome. We don't want to overdo it, you know? Uh, yeah. And if you would like to send in a question, a tale, uh, some form of harassment to the podcast, you can shoot that into mailbag at buntavista.com. And that is it for us from the week. And um, yeah, enjoy your new tomorrow. With whatever chaos uh, we have rendered through the butterfly effect. Very sorry about it, but enjoy it. Sorry in advance. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.